I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivam Putt. <laughs> and we are Commander In. Here's the music. Already a little punchy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, especially this episode, but never, ever talk about three banned topics, do we, Shivam? <laughs> Religion, <laughs> politics, and Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Yeah. That's exactly what we don't talk exactly. about. Exactly. Never. No. No one ever hears the pre-roll, thank goodness. Oh my God, if they could. Everybody, here's how you can help the show. <laughs> Write into us and tell us to stay on the rails. And don't forget, <laughs> JK. don't forget to visit us on YouTube, comment, rate, and subscribe. Our guest knows all about how important that is. And uh, maybe he'll tell us a little bit about that. And play us to the very end because that actually matters. It exposes us to more people. More people get to see us and listen to us, and that increases the size of the commander and family. We also appreciate positive reviews because wherever that is you get your podcast from, that exposes us to more people as well. Because places like iTunes and Stitcher, etc., they like it when people like their stuff because then they get more people listening, and that means we get more people listening too. You can tell a friend by sending a link to the show. You can also, if you really want to support us, you can visit patreon.com slash commander and MTG, and you can give us a buck a show there. You could even limit it to a buck a month, and we would be very happy with that sort of donation as well. Shivam, we also have a page on our website that uh, links directly to PayPal in case you want to donate through PayPal. And you can go to commanderandmtg.com slash donations, and right there will be... The menu of your dreams, Shivam, because that menu allows you to donate as much as you want. Each week, we call out three of our patrons. We like to call our patrons Patroni, and this week, of course, is no different. So we want to thank Mr. Mix, Command Tower. Hey, Command Tower. It's good to see you here. <laughs> and Lee hey. Jones. Yeah, you know Command Tower. You've seen him on I Twitter do. a whole bunch. That's cool. And uh, then, Thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you for your support. And uh, the last name is Lee Jones, in case we uh, talked over that in our excitement about Command Tower. So thank you very much, everybody, and welcome to the patron community. We look forward to chatting with you. Now, we have some news this week, don't we? We do, actually. Uh, at the end of August... Phil and I are both going to be showing up at GPLA, uh, which is looking so far to be a pretty great show. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are down there and down in town, we would love to sit and play some Commander, some Brawl, some uh, Cube, whatever you got. We'll bring some decks and hang out and talk and chat and play games. The last time Phil and I were in a con together was GP Seattle, and that was a great time for everybody, too. Oh, that was awesome. So we're looking forward to repeating and having a wonderful weekend at the end of August. So, if you're down there at GPLA, come by, bring some soldier tokens, and let's play some games. That's right. And it looks like at 5 p.m. on Friday, we'll be hosting Commander and Cosplay again. As of this recording, we're still not sure 
who is going to benefit from that? Like it, it, we're going to find probably the Children's Hospital of Orange County or Los Angeles, because that seems to be a tradition that we take all the money we gather at, at the event and donate it to a children's hospital. So please come see us, come hang out with us, come play with us. And if you don't have a brawl deck, we'll have brawl decks. And if you don't have a commander deck, uh, why are you listening to our show? Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because you want some fancy deck boxes. And boy, have we got you covered. Because today... That is the truth. Yeah, we're going to talk about really fancy deck boxes. And more importantly, they're useful deck boxes. I've been using one for a bit now. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then if we have some time, if we if we don't get too excited about the wood... <laughs> Then we'll. <laughs> I wasn't gonna lie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll actually talk about a deck he I has a fully brewed. grown adult. <laughs> yeah, we are not <laughs> sophomores in high school. <laughs> and then we'll talk about a, a deck that uh, he created, which he calls Miscellaneous Misery or just Misc Misery, I think. So Dude, just reading the deck list gives me a headache. Right. Well, <laughs> let's not waste any more time. Shivam, you know this man very well. Why don't you introduce him? Absolutely. So I am very happy to welcome our guest, uh, Bo Safekin, who is a local here in the Bay Area, a friend of mine that I was introduced to by the professor of Tolarian Academy, I, well, Tolarian Community College, uh, <laughs> who makes the most amazing deck boxes. And the thing is, so... This is a topic that's been uh, brought up a few times from our listeners from the community at large, which is specifically how to protect and preserve your collection. Yeah. So as commander players, we routinely carry around huge piles of blinged out expensive and really just beloved cards that we spent a lot of time, money, and energy collecting. I mean, you guys have all seen my mono copper deck, which is like almost all expeditions and inventions and things like that. And so this episode, um, I wanted to talk about something that Bo's helped me understand better, which is how to keep our cards shiny and new and in much nicer ways. And so we decided to invite on a master craftsman who, like Phil said, uh, we've been using his boxes for a while. And if you guys have ever seen my beloved soldier's deck, it is in one of Bo's boxes. And so, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to have him on. I've been hoping to bring him on the show for quite some time. So, uh, hey, Bo, thanks for coming on. And uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention I'm less than a sophomore in high school and did laugh at your wood joke. So thank you, Shane. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so my name's Bo, and I, I'm no stranger to the magic world. I think I've, I, I've been doing, shoot, I, I think I started doing magic back in middle school but forgot all the cards got lost through the years, unfortunately. You know, Black Lotuses and all that uh -huh. fun stuff. Uh, but who we all I? have that story, my friend. Oh, dude, well, everybody, I've, right? I've never lost a Black Lotus. Well, I did win one once, and that was really fun. But we'll, we can maybe talk about that later. But uh, I, I am a woodworker guy who also is a YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel that has been doing game-related videos for the last eight years. And really, I started getting into doing woodworking simply because I needed a, a, an escape from my newborn about five years ago. I, <laughs> I needed to figure out a way to stay home, do things, but not want myself to go insane. Because, you know, for you guys who have kids, you remember what it's like having to constantly be up and down. So I thought maybe I'd take up woodworking because I had a garage and <laughs> I, I did it before. It's just been a long time. And. 
you know, I just started plunking away, making things, and then eventually started getting better and better. And then uh, just one day I was playing magic at uh, my local card shop, the one that me and Shiv usually go to, and the owner has a casual deck, let's just say. Casual deck <laughs> is... it. Yeah, he does. It, if you've ever seen, there's Tolarian Community did a, a April Fool's video regarding it. It was uh, Kid Young, if you ever saw that video. His casual deck essentially allows him to go off on turn zero and kill you with <laughs> Merfolk of the Pearl Trident using uh, Volcanic uh, Key, whatever there, and then a couple others. Voltaic Key. Voltaic Key, sorry. Uh, it, it's terrible, right? But the deck itself is worth about as much as a house. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> so I, I was asking him, like, dude, where do you store that in? He's like, I don't know. Like, just to, I'm like, no, no, I'm building you something. And so I went back to the house and dinked around and built the most horrid monstrosity to my eyes now. <laughs> but the first deck boxes uh, went to me, uh, Mike, which maybe you guys don't know the guy who owns the store, and another yeah, guy. Mike is a dear friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and I, I look at it now. I have one of those still, right? One of the first originals. And it makes me sick looking at it and seeing sand marks. <laughs> gaps places where the glue should have been uh hard corners the ones you guys have i have rounded corners on all the boxes now so when you have it in your hand it feels magical and mystical <laughs> and just lovely the one i had built originally felt like you were taking like an aluminum cube and stabbing yourself in the hands with the corners it <laughs> felt terrible uh but it was those humble beginnings that started my journey down building deck boxes and eventually people really liked the fact that my boxes and all that stuff smelled nice and, uh, you know, our mutual friend, uh, Brian over at Tolarian Community College was like, dude, you should build boxes. And so I figured, why not build some boxes? And here we are two years, three years later now. And I've been selling boxes like crazy on Etsy and love them more and more every day. It's just it's a really fun little hobby that's turned into something more. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah, it should be noted that the the deck you were talking about that our storekeep Mike has might as well be like all Alpha Lotuses and like, you know, the kind of absurd stuff that you see people who play old school throwing around. And any two cards in there are worth more than my collection type of thing. Yeah. And it was he was just holding it in one of those cheapo like ultra pro not even the like satin tower or anything, but just one of the, like ones that you get for free. The little foldy Thin nothing deck boxes. Yeah, and really and, embarrassing. I mean, I I looked at that thing and I'm like, bro, seriously, you've got perfect alpha lotuses. Not just one. It's not vintage. He had play sets yeah. of everything. <laughs> Are you right? kidding? Ancestral recalls. <laughs> yes. That alphas. Uh, all of the dually. Everything. Just think of like stupid expensive cards. Four of each in this deck. The whole purpose is simply to make people feel terrible about not <laughs> if you don't play with rules right like people complain this is the deck he'll bring out and be like yeah sure no problem you don't want rules i got a deck for that yeah it's like kitchen table dream basically it's terrifying um, but the thing is so uh mike started stocking some of bo's deck boxes and i ended up picking up one early on because i was like oh that's a really pretty red white kind of cedar color and it matched my soldier's deck, which, as you guys have seen, I have this amazing altered Tajik that 
like is 12 layers deep or whatever. And I didn't, it didn't fit in any normal deck box. So I asked Bo if he could come up with something and he made this amazing deck box that would hold a double-sided ED, a double-sleeved EDH deck plus tokens plus a slot for my modified commander. Mm -hmm. And it's sick. And two years later, all of my cards have this wonderful cedar smell because uh, cedar is a a fragrant wood. And so it's got this just delighted spice that comes out when you pull it out. Yeah. It's super cool. Oh, dude. Like my original deck box, I built out of what's called red aromatic cedar, which is what you're talking about. It smells like hamster chips. If any of you guys uh, don't know what that's, (laughs) it's it's hamster chips. It's just the wood that it comes from. And it's amazing. This stuff has been used for thousands of years to preserve uh, lots of stuff. Uh, You know, like people make blanket chests out of it. So that way it moths, insects, mildew, any of that stuff just doesn't happen in cedar chests. So I figured why not do it with cards? I mean, the, the fun part about it is if you look it up, the I looked at actually the Library of Congress and I wanted to figure out what is the way they preserve uh, paper because essentially this is all this is, is paper or cardboard. And they look for something that keeps a relative humidity between 50 and 55%. Uh, so that's interesting. So when you guys see videos or anything talking about desiccant packets, you need to be very careful because you need to get ones that are specific to 50 to 55% humidity. Really? If you pull, yeah, if you pull too much. Now think about this, right? Your foils. This is a good reason why I built these boxes. We'll get back to Shiv's box in a second, but we'll get there. Your foils are two layers, right? Your sandwich of like a plastic foil stuff mm-hmm. on the front of paper, and they're made somewhere in Tennessee. So if for some reason you now pull a whole bunch of water out of one side, there's a tendency for it to curl, right? Just like if you add water, it curls. So uh, if you put in like just, I don't know, like you go get some sushi packets or something and have desiccants, I don't know, you know, like whatever. You find desiccant packets wherever it is. Uh, Bad idea. I would highly recommend if you're going to do that, spend money, (laughs) get ones that are specifically made for that range. Uh, Actually, a lot of them uh, that are used are for like violins, guitars, and wood instruments because the wood instruments are about the same relative humidity as the cards that we're trying to protect. So Amazon yourself stuff that's like between 50 and 55%. They sell them, but you just be really careful about that. Otherwise, you will have a tendency to screw up your deck uh, by doing that. And also another one is if you're in a dry climate like Wyoming, Colorado, in this in the in the you have to be careful about that stuff too because put your I had a guy I sold a box to in Wyoming. And he sent me a picture of his box, and it looked like it was like a curly cue because he stuck it oh, right no. next to a heater vent. Oh, oh, no. You know, and I'm like, oh, no. Bro, I don't know what to tell you here. I mean, sucks for you, but what you can do is like the thing I, way I helped him solve it was uh, the way they do it with like acoustic guitars is you take a, a little cup of water and just stick it in there and just let it go for like two or three weeks, and it'll absorb the water back into the wood. Uh, but I mean, it's still messed up, but it's not nearly as bad, but, uh, you just have to be really careful. Like humidity is what'll kill your cards way before anything else. Um, yeah. but anywho, sorry, total tangent, well, I but mean, you, you got me no, on that's that. actually legitimate. Cause in my, uh, area where I store all of my cards, I have a big giant bucket of like humidity, uh, like dehumidifier type of machine mm-hmm. and not machine, but just like absorber. Because I remember one summer that it was particularly humid. I came out and I had a foil, um, 
like divination or something that was like a little boat. It was completely <laughs> oh, curled up. Oh. Like the ends could touch each other. It was that rolled. And I'm like, all right, we need to uh, not let this happen. So mm-hmm. I, I actually looked into getting humidity protection because otherwise you just, you're just throwing money away. Hey, Bo, oh, yeah. oh, would you state the uh, the percentage again? Yeah, it's between 50 and 55% is the ideal for paper products. As far as being able to store them long term, that's what they use for like, uh, that's what the Library of Congress suggests, and they store everything. So I figured that was a good resource for how to store paper. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Fair. But anywho, back to like your your box there, Shiv. You realize you're the guy that made the EDH box that I built, right? Like your requirements were the ones that helped to build those. So every single person who's bought one of those boxes from me, and I think I've made at this point probably between 20 and 50 of those things. I can't remember a lot. I made a lot of those boxes. Um, it's all thanks to you and your soldier deck. That's that's the awesome. one and only good thing my soldier deck has been for. Hey, Shivam, you realize this is two episodes in a row where the hidden hand of Shivam has been revealed. <laughs> you know what, man? I play a long game. <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. Well, the funny part is I actually built... Uh, I, I never had a commander deck until I had to build your box because I, I was mostly just doing standard, modern, and legacy. You know, you only need 75 cards. But I build mm-hmm. all my boxes to allow a hundred. But you know, like my normal boxes that I I make, you can comfortably put a hundred to a hundred and ten cards, depending if you're double sleeving or not. But you're always double sleeving, always. So, uh, <laughs> always, always double sleeving. I'm sorry, how many times I got to say that? But you, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen uh, someone pull out like a lily, and there's like Cheeto crap on the top of it. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, bro, seriously. <laughs> so what what uh do you have any uh recommendations about double sleeving because we're uh well, i am i personally double sleeve is double sleeve all of my cards even the the pre-cons that we get mm-hmm. like you know we're getting in a week or so they will be double sleeve before i play them well the beauty of double sleeving that it's not even just protection but it also helps to preserve against humidity changes yes that's a massive thing because you know if you have uh like any anybody who's double does double sleeving, right? If you do it properly, there's almost no air that touches or gets around your cards after you've got them in that the you know the perfect fit. Um, the way I do it, I used to do KMCs for everything. KMC perfect fit over a KMC you know satin, like loved them, but they're garbage now, unfortunately. And you know, the perfect I've had to fits. Move Oh, dude, like the KMC Perfect Fits. I, I just did. I, I built myself a cube box for uh, the latest unset because uh, I wanted to build one just to have it. And I got, I mean, when you're doing, you know, if you build a cube, you've got 700, 800 cards you got to do sleeving on. And the last thing I need is 10% or more of my Perfect Fits uh, being unable to fit or not being able to go around a sleeve which is what was happening with KMCs. So uh, I got rid of all my KMC perfect fits, got the ultra pro perfect fits. And I swear I have not had a problem. I might have one in a package that doesn't fit properly with sleeves with the ultra pros. You're yeah. Like I swear people crap on those things all the time. I don't understand it. It's because oh, I... 
I've been to Tassiger when they were at the peak of their value because I was using an Ultra Pro Perfect Fit and I tried to slide the Tassiger in and I've I've slid thousands of cards into Perfect Fits and this one just doubled over and it was like mm. what happened there and, I've and had it bad wasn't the only with one. like every kind of double fit so at this point I'm just like Whatever, Mike, just give me some inner sleeves and then I'll just shove them in there and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, no, I mean, the new ones that I've tried, like I did an entire cube and I only had five of the 800 sleeves that I put in that didn't work well with the uh, the outer sleeve. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. We, we are, we're going slightly far afield, but uh, what sleeves are you using, outer sleeves? Uh, I like the Eclipse Pros. Like that, Those are really nice, the new ones. Um, they slide really nice. Oh, I'm a big fan of their shuffle feel. Yeah, they're really nice. Uh, they're they're reasonable, and the best part about it is the back doesn't show. So uh, I mean, I've had trouble with like double face cards looking through. I mean, that's why mm. I normally roll black sleeves or blue because then I don't have to worry about like rules lawyers at GPs getting on me. Right, right. Like, oh my god, I saw the outline of whatever. I'm like, ugh. There's no way anyone's gonna see it now. So. Um, you know, killed all my dreams of having a bright white deck full of black cards. You know, just, I, I, I also like the new uh, dragon shields. They're they've been pretty cool. So the new chunky. dragon shields are awesome. Ugh. I, I don't know, dude. They they they're so chunky. Like I get it. Yeah, they're they're great, but. Yeah, now if you want to have problems, I took some of the cheaper dragon shields and some inner sleeves and tried to fit them together, and that was a real challenge. I don't get it. I have been double sleeving since uh, 2013, since basically. Dude, I'm going to show you my Hapatra deck with the dragon shields and the inner sleeves, and it's just like Uh, I had to use two extra cards to prop it open to shove the (laughs) inner sleeved one in there. Well, I'll show you my Mimeoplasm deck, which has been sleeved (laughs) continually in dragon shields since 2013. So, nah, nah, nah. Ooh. <laughs> wow, it's getting <laughs> real over here. Back to deck boxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> real podcasting, Commander. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, this is what we talk about when we're not talking about It's uh, funny. This is, I, I, Bo, let me take a little break here, not from the podcast because this might make it to air. I love talking to Shivam. He is, he is so energetic. He is so emotional. <laughs> like, you never have to wonder what Shivam is thinking for very long because he will tell you. It's just, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yep. Well, it's it's bad for interpersonal relationships and very good for uh, audiences. I, it's very good <laughs> for interpersonal out. relationships. It helps get the people that actually like you in your life faster. <laughs> you don't need to like it. Everyone doesn't need to like you. You just need to have the right kind of people to do. I mean, fair. To hell with that. I mean, the last thing you ever need is just more people being quote unquote friends. (laughs) I got enough of those. Episode 143 relationship (laughs) advice with Commander and Bo. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I get all my pleasantries from being a man of the mountains. So I don't, I don't really (laughs) know if that's going to help. So, oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So. Where were we? (laughs) So why would you want to spend money on your cards, right? Let's say you like your uh, a foil deck or something beautiful, like your expedition deck, right, Shiv? Mm. Would you want to put that in a five dollar box or a ten dollar box? I mean, the thing is, like, one of the things I think about is when you've got like these showpiece blinged out decks. 
part of the joy is bringing out the box as well. For me, at least, like if you bring out a really fancy, nice looking box, you crack it open. It's got that kind of like just visceral feel of like, like when I used to play D&D a lot, we used to call those like the treasure chest mm-hmm. that you would crack open and pull out your fancy custom minis out of, right? Same way, it's like you pull this thing out and you're like, first off, everybody's like, wow, that's a hell of a deck box. And then you open it up and it's got that really nice tight fit. So it's got a sound that it kind of makes as the lid is popping loose. Mm-hmm. And then your cards are in there and the smell wafts out and it feels really just exotic and cool. Mm-hmm. And it just adds this extra veneer that really, I mean, it's totally indifferent if you're actually playing the game and just don't care. But if you do and you've got that one showpiece deck that you just care a lot about, why wouldn't you want to like make every part of it cool? Yeah, I mean, like you're going out of your way to find the exact like hyper fit German inner sleeves and then like triple sleeving your decks with like, you know, inner outer and then like the plastic sleeves and putting them into titanium double shells or whatever. Who cares? At least don't pull it out of a satin tower when you're going to that length. Mm-hmm. Now, satin towers are nice for their reasons. Like, but when it comes to something like if you were to do, I don't know, like a crazy blinged out like vampire deck or something, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to pull it out of a walnut cedar box? You know, (laughs) you're going to be doing black and red. I mean, I can't imagine a better combo than delicious, brown, unctuous, chocolatey, like walnut, (laughs) especially if you want to do real sexy stuff, Claro Mm. walnut. So Claro walnut is the stuff. So you are taking photographs of all this stuff, right? Oh, it's always on my website. You can go to crossbowwoodshop.com and see bunches of stuff that I've already built or made that has oh, used almost all the same woods. Excellent. Uh, and the best part is you can request restocks. If you see something I've already made that's been sold out, quote unquote, you can ask me to build you one. Oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, Clara Walnut Man, oh my gosh. It is it is literally chocolate whipped with caramel. And it's the smoothest, most amazing feel. And then you mix that in with that red cedar, so your deck smells as amazing as you can imagine. And then it's just, uh, like, yeah. It smells like the floor in Yosemite, like the ground in Yosemite is what my deck box smells like. And that's amazing. What is, what Um, is, wait, hold on a second, guys. What is this strange feeling? Oh, (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) How did this happen from talking about deck boxes? Don't eat the cards. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Imagine you had a nice slab of salmon on a cedar plank. I mean, my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing if you had a friend that had a wood shop with a lot of cedar and a and a smoker? Oh wait, like me. (laughs) So (laughs) that wouldn't help you much. Um, Not 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 too much. Yeah. But the thing is, though, like, so one of the things that I don't talk about really anywhere is that I've got a gigantic. Like, I'm a super hobbyist for uh, wood based stuff. Like, I love driftwood and i love like all these like Mm -hmm. furniture and architecture just things that are made out of wood are really exciting to me really and so i didn't know this about you no it's like literally the one hobby i have that i don't share with anybody and that's for all of you i get like (laughs) yeah except yeah listeners don't tell anyone yeah well no like i get like all these custom things made out of like fancy like african hardwoods or zebra wood or you know all these like purple hard mango wood yeah, oh my god, my kitchen table is made out of mango wood. Really? Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's this beautiful brownish orange color, but it's very soft so it gets scratches easy, but it looks gorgeous once you polish it. Have you seen and, so, and like, smelled cinnamon wood by the way? Of course I have. Yeah. 
I, I saw an Dude. entire table made out of cinnamon wood once. Oh, I know, oh, that's right? That's dirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, I just love, like, the different grades and shades of wood. And the idea of being able to get, like, the reason I was so into this cedar box so the first time I saw it is because it was basically red and white striped to begin with. So it already looked like a Boros deck box. So that's why I've been like, oh, my God, I need to find an exact green wood to get to get my uh, mm-hmm. like for my Hapatra deck or something. But, yeah, dude, it's cool. Shiva. Like once you get into this, your money goes away. If you if you find <laughs> um, some of this pistachio wood and it's nice and green or if we can do the uh, rippled wood with and he'll dye it green. I'll, I'm totally in. I'll pay for half the wood. I want something like that. You too. could just get poplar too. You know, poplar does have green tint to it, right? No, That's, but it's, it kind of does. I didn't know. It kind of. Does. I mean, you just have to look poplar for the right has, piece, dude. There's some really, really cool poplar out there, but I mean, I could go super. Like, you literally have no idea how wood nerdy I can get. This is. Seriously, one of my secret hobbies that I don't talk about. Wow. Anymore. This is remarkable, <laughs> listeners. We, I had no idea that Shivam had this like, this aspect. Well, I mean, okay, look, it's really weird if you go up to someone and say, dude, I am hella into wood. <laughs> well, it's among good company. It doesn't matter. So you're among oh my good God. company, sir. So, like, there's this type of wood called spalted, um, was it maple, maple or something? Yeah. You can get spalting in anything. What is spalting? Go for it, Shiv. So if you've got like the maple wood, maple wood's this kind of very light colored maple. It's almost whitish with a pale beige or something. Spalting is this kind of fungus that infected the tree before they cut it down. So all of the line work inside the wood has this amazing dark black or brown kind of like decayed outline in it. So it makes it look hyper visible, hyper like detailed. So when you see this wood, it almost looks like like, if you're doing it right, it almost looks like you would see, like, a skeleton that's just reaching out of the swamp, just kind of, like, decaying, being highlighted by the muck. It is incredible. It is incredible. It's some of the coolest-looking things you've ever seen. Um, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm now looking at photographs of it. It's amazing. Like, I'm seriously, like, I'm such a nerd for deck. That's the thing. When I'm at, a, like, a show or something, and somebody pulls out a cool deck box made out of, like, weird wood i am suddenly interested in being their best friend Mm -hmm. like that's just like it is such a showpiece because in our community we care a lot about the way your decks and stuff look but we don't care nearly enough for how the way we present it and i think having something cool like like we've gotten into play mats that's great we've gotten into sleeves and being able to personalize and show your character that way but i think deck boxes is the next stage to go and i think there's a lot of really really cool places you can go from there Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, if you want to add to that little magic there, buddy, you should look into Sapili <laughs> or uh, some forms of other African mahogany or some of the Paduk boxes I do. It's like a bright orange red or that Sapili when you do a nice finish to it, it will shimmer. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the one that's got the real ripples on mm-hmm. the. It looks like it looks like it's smooth, but it's actually got this kind of just depth of this ripple effect that makes it almost look distorted or like the wood is underwater it is incredible yeah it, and it glows it glows yeah especially if you do it correct <laughs> but there's also one other nice part about that wood is also the insulative characteristics of the wood uh in regards to like 
you know, if you throw it in your backpack, you're at GP, let's say GP sack, right? It was like a hundred plus degrees, right? Uh, mm. Do you want to be jamming out with my, I, I've uh, been apprised of a new kind of deck box, an aluminum one that aluminum. Yeah. The Titans. There's like some yeah. aluminum Titan box. It has like metal all the way around and whatever. Yeah. I've um, seen them. Yeah. So last I checked, aluminum is an extremely good conductor of like, of heat. And we discussed earlier humidity in cards. So like, you know, any card you leave in like your deck boxes in a car, you're asking for bad times. Yes. But you want to minimize heat changes as much as possible, right? Because otherwise you're going to have difficulty keeping your deck nice. Uh, having an aluminum box or plastic or any of those other ones offers you almost no no protection in that regard. Whereas wood is naturally insulative. So while it won't be like, uh, you know, like throwing it in a cooler or something, right? Uh, you're <laughs> going to have a better chance of keeping a relatively decent temperature on the inside of the box. So relevant for people in going from hot to cold a lot. Like, I don't know if you're in GP Vegas or any of these other places, it's probably a good idea to consider wood rather than the other materials if you care about your deck. Yeah, one of the advantages of my Pelican case, now it's it's heavy and it's lockable uh, and kind of apparent, so it's difficult to make mm -hmm. off with it. It's also waterproof. Um, and oh, yeah. w Sorry, it's also airtight is what I mean, because it has a rubber gasket around the outside, and so when I seal it and lock it closed, it clamps and it doesn't change... Uh, uh, it doesn't change due to humidity or temperature. Oh, I love those things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's where a lot of my expensive foils actually sit is in a humidor that's inside of a nice pelican case. Nice. So, <laughs> that I built the humidor, of course, but of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you dude? If you got the ability to, you might as well. Now, the question I have, though, is so I've seen some of your boxes that have that weird dial on the front. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like it comes with a humidor. What are those? What is the point of that thing? Okay, so I did build a couple custom humidors in the past, and I think you, some of you guys may catch Brian had one. I built Brian and his yeah, wife a, a, a series of those. So a hygrometer is what I added on there. It's that little dial. It just gives you a general reading of what the humidity is inside the box. Because oh. uh, the important part of a humidor is that it maintains a specific humidity, right? So mm. back to those desiccant packets we talked about a little earlier, right? If you have desiccant packets that are set up for 55 to 50%, if you calibrate, you just have to, you have to do a little bit of work. You have to calibrate the uh, the hygrometer gauge that I send you. Um, it, it's just how it goes. It's because of where it is and how your house is and the temperature, whatever, right? You just have to kind of play with it a bit to get it to be correct. But as soon as you have it dialed in to that that humidity, it's a great way to check whether or not you know everything looks good. If you went through a huge heat wave, you know. May not be a bad idea to go look and see if it's not sitting at seventy degrees, seventy percent humidity, or if you live in a really cold temperature uh, place and you run the heater in the winter, you want to ensure that that's not dropping, you know, low. Because I mean, shoot, I grew up in Colorado in the middle of the mountains, 
you want to talk about single digit humidity that's what we were dealing with every all the winters so oh wow right oh dude yeah like it split your lips just even being in the house you know there's nothing you can do yep um so these that i built that specifically for actually nesting my deck boxes like four of them on the inside so you could take my deck boxes four of them and then close it so you got wood protecting wood which you know not too bad plus it looks really (laughs) sexy when you pop the top on that guy and you've got four different colored tops each for all the decks you build so you know i also make cases for your deck boxes then potentially i mean it depends i don't really do those too much because i feel that if you're going to be the person that's going to take a case there's a lot of better options like your pelican case in that instance right it's Mm. awkward it's bright it's annoying uh you don't have to worry about it because you can throw a freaking padlock on the thing if you really want to be nerdy but uh when it comes to something like a showpiece like I have a humidor that I built that is built specifically for storing high-end foils and other stuff uh, and four deck boxes at a time. It looks sexy. People come in, they ask what's in there. You pop the top and all of a sudden people are like, whoa, that's, you know, if they only knew the the terror that was inside each of those boxes. I mean, I basically have my (laughs) pox deck, my infect deck, uh, you know, and miscellaneous misery and a couple others. It's like all terrible decks, but the, the, the beauty of those is obviously, you know, the great the great thing about Commander that I keep learning and more and more is that it's a great place to store valuable cards that you may have one or two of. Is just putting them in decks, so at least you can use them. And man, oh man, well, <laughs> there's a lot of deceptive <laughs> feelings that people go through when they first see the boxes and go, man, that's amazing. Then when we play a game, they go, man, I hate your boxes. After seeing, <laughs> you know, us. dude, your decks are all just like mean, friggin' garbage decks. Hey, not gonna lie. it's one point five <laughs> tier decks. Thank you. No, my pox deck wrecks people miserable. that do dredge, like in Legacy. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, it was terrifying how effective my deck is <laughs> against a lot of the meta. So. Uh, but it's terrible to play against, no, no doubt. But uh, at least it looks really nice. Well, Fair. I think our listeners want to hear a little bit about uh, this Misc Misery deck. But before we move on, is there is there anything else you want to say about deck boxes? Because um, they're absolutely incredible. Oh, one thing I do want to mention. Duh, you gave us uh, an extra deck box a couple of months ago. And of course... Listeners, I've been using one of now. Shivam has been using one of one of Bo's deck boxes for mm-hmm. years. I've been putting it through its paces for like uh, three months now, I think, and it's maybe longer. But either way, like I carry it in that Pelican case along with all of the other deck boxes, and it's mixed in with Ultimate Guard and Ultra Pro, uh, the towers, right? The um, the monolith and the the satins, mm-hmm. and so this thing is getting daily use it trundles around with me everywhere i go when i'm playing it's been to two gps now and the deck box looks as good as the day i I put it in with i spotted two two nicks on this and any of the other deck boxes they're all worn along the top the outer plastic layer of of some of the deck boxes is chipping off and it's ripping Mm -hmm. and Boy, it's beautiful still. And you gave us an extra one of these that we're going to give away to a listener. (laughs) 
so yeah, so I have one of these uh, deck boxes that you gave us. You gave us three of them, and I've been putting mine through its paces, and of course it's like we were talking about. And and then this last one, which now you've seen, this is, uh, I think it's one of your EDH deck boxes, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that would be the one with the curly maple top, which essentially yeah. looks like a bright white, light brown, shimmery wood. And I think that it's oak and has a cedar base. So the cedar base should give enough of that cedar smell to be amazing, but the oak sides should allow it to smell slightly oh. like whiskey, which is it amazing. It does, actually. <laughs> I, I just, I just uh, listeners can't see me doing this, but I just stuck my whole nose and face into this box. Yeah, nothing says good radio like smell vision Hold folks. on, listen, listen to this, <laughs> listeners, listen. Oh my God, that's all cedar. And yeah, I, I did the first time. I, there are notes of something else and you pinned it. It's whiskey. Yeah. And this is, it has that extra <laughs> pocket. I even kept the, um, you wrapped your card, which is a hunk of wood. <laughs> well, it's a divider. Yeah, I use it as a divider. That's awesome. I didn't realize it was intended that way. Yeah, no, I give the, uh, so I make a red cedar divider that goes in each of the boxes that I send out. And it has a little, I have a brand that I brand into like an actual hunk of metal, jam yeah. it on there and make smoke and smell amazing uh, so that you can divide up your deck. If you decide to use it for a constructed deck or something, uh, you can do that. Uh, but the beauty of those EDH boxes is as Shiv was talking about, right? Let's say you have an altar, you have your commander that's like an inch thick, you know, uh, good luck finding a box that can make that fit. Except for mine, <laughs> I'm telling you, like it's it's. I built this specific for EDH players. If you've got a hundred cards, and then you'd have a bunch of tokens, because like those precons come with a ton of tokens. It's like twenty yeah. plus tokens, right? So you, I I had another buddy of ours uh, that would take two boxes just for his token EDH deck. Yeah, right. And I'm like, dude, Matt, that's ridiculous, bro. And, you know, I gave him, I showed him one of my boxes and he ordered three. <laughs> so he could, because I mean, you can literally put in there about 140 cards, double sleeved. Yeah. yeah. So in my EDH box that uh, I use from Bo, I've got the, my inch thick EDH commander. <laughs> I've got a hundred double sleeved cards from my deck. And then I've got about 80 tokens. Mm-hmm. of all of my giant famous soldier collection that I've had like, you know, hand drawn by all the artists and designers and everything. And they're all in sleeves too. And they all fit. And I'm only just now getting to the point that I can't fit more things in there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another section to that box. That's like about an inch uh, compartment where you could put yeah. uh, D twenties. If you want to carry yeah, dice, I use in that there. for the tokens. Yeah, well, you can use it for tokens, or whatever. But it's made yeah, specific sure. to be able to say, if you want to use D20s and toss them in there, you could literally have everything you need to play your deck in the same exactly. box. It's funny. Uh, that's how I use mine. I put Marath into mine, and Marath, of course, is all tokens. It's elementals and plants and a bunch of other things because that's what the deck does. And so I keep all of my tokens and some spare sleeves and uh, Marath itself in in that little pocket. I have put dice in there, but I don't like it. I don't like it when it rattles. I don't know. It's just you know it gets to me. So I I took the dice out now. I keep them in a separate container. But this is. And this one, I kind of wish I didn't. I didn't realize um, how how Ripley this was 
even though I filmed both of them so that I could I could do before <laughs> and after. But I didn't see this. I wish I had put Marath in this one, but some lucky listener is gonna gonna be very happy with this box. Yeah, that is a really nice top on that one too. I sent you guys a good one for your listeners. Yeah, it's uh, really nice. Yeah. It looks hella cool, dude. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you bet it is. And what we've decided is we're going to give away this fantastic envy-inducing box. <laughs> it really is. I. It's hard. But we're going to give it away to any of our listeners, and this will be for Twitter users. So go make a Twitter account because it's absolutely worth it. Twitter users should tweet the hashtag protectyourdeck and make sure you're adding Commander in MTG and Bo who is at xbowgaming. Bo, you probably want to spell that. Yeah, well, it's X-B-E-A-U gaming. You can tweet your own tweet and tell us about the deck that's going to go in there. Make sure the hashtag is in there because that's how we're going to find people who enter it. And then we will select someone at random who either retweets or tweets with that hashtag. Hashtag protect your deck. Oh, it's, it's a nice one, too. You guys should seriously do it because I'm slightly jelly now looking at that box after so many months. <laughs> yeah i t- i did take uh some high-res photos of this so by the time listeners are hearing these words if they're watching it on youtube especially they will see the images and we will be tweeting the images too so Sweet. it's a great deck box you've got to get this listeners mm. and on top of this giveaway i've also made a special offer for all the commander and podcast listeners if you click the Crossbow Woodshop link in the show description below, there's a $10 off coupon on your order. This deal will expire on August 21st, so take advantage of this deal while time lasts. The coupon code is MTG. Now, we have a couple of minutes, and even though we are all excited by wood, do you want to take five to ten minutes to talk about your uh misery inducing deck your misc misery deck (laughs) please i this deck is like my little baby i love it so who is the command your little baby it's a it's a help it dude it's terrible terrible, baby it's horrible it's the worst who's the commander a tog a tog (laughs) (laughs) that is it throws people off like crazy because people are thinking they want progenitus or something right because they're like oh my god that's amazing. People think, did you make an Atagatog EDH deck? Like, no. Like, no. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't say anything about the deck. I just put out the commander and call it good. And then they kind of giggle. See, here's the kicker. So let me let me back up for a second. Why miscellaneous misery, right? Well, we had a play group where people were playing combo stuff and crazy this and whatever, and essentially just kind of being jerks, right? Like no one could ever really interact or play. Yeah. So me and Mike, uh, the guy who owns Anime Imports, we were just sitting around one night enjoying whiskey. And I was like, man, you know what we need to build? We need to build a deck that completely destroys the board state in all <laughs> manners. And I don't even care if I win or lose. If I play the deck, I win. That's the kind of deck this is. Okay. So the more people that are in the game, the better. So you break this out if you need to kind of... <laughs> You, you, you break this ga- this deck out if you need to adjust a playgroup's mentality, <laughs> okay? Uh, it, it, that's all I'm going to say. So love it or hate it, let me give you a little flavor. Oh, my okay? God, dude. I'm reading this deck list and every other card. I'm just like, you are a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, right, a lot of people. Picked, 
<laughs> picks He's a, picked a few superstars here, Shivam. We got to hear him. Yeah. Tell, so tell this l- story. let me just kind of give you the, the thing. Most people, when they play EDH, have, you know, stuff like fetch lands or go look for stuff or whatever. I play Mind Lock sure. Orb. No one can look at any library, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then that's great. And, you know, the other thing I like to do is to remove people's ability to play spells on my turn. I don't like instance. I don't want force of will. I don't want any of that. So you play City of Solitude or Defense Grid. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, those are easy. And then if you really, really feel like being a complete jerk, you play Stasis. (laughs) This means nobody gets an untap phase. How do you live with yourself? It's it's amazing because my win con is Helix Pinnacle. It's a one green <laughs> drop shroud. And every time that I like do something, I just it, it's literally at the beginning of my upkeep. If I have 100 or more counters on this thing, I win the game. And you put X counters by like burning mana onto it. Right. It looks like a garbage card, but as we continue down the road here in Miscellaneous Misery, you'll see that it it actually gets there and makes people (laughs) pick up and leave. I've had a whole team. Okay, I'll I'll show you an interaction that I had that made me giggle to no end. Uh, Teferi's Puzzle Box is a thing where it says at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player puts cards from hand on bottom of library and then draws that many cards. If you play Omen Machine, which means players can't draw cards, then essentially you play Teferi's and no one has a hand. No one can draw. Oh, God. And you just sit there going, oh, cool. My turn again? Helix Pinnacle. Let me, put one, let me put one mana into Helix Pinnacle. doesn't matter how much mana you have open. You just do oh, one. And then, like, well, I, my other win con was, like, a Merfolk of the Pearl Trident that literally just hits for one 40 times to kill somebody right <laughs> you know um you yeah so but, but you want to make person. sure people don't have land you don't want any land that's why you play destructive flow right <laughs> so at the beginning of each player's upkeep that that player <laughs> sacrifices a non-basic this has to be the trolliest deck i've ever everybody seen. everybody has a non-basic that really likes their deck right like why not you sack one and then other fun ones being stuff like tainted aether when a creature comes in, you can either sacrifice a creature or land. That's okay. It's all right. You know, or back to basics. Make sure that non-basic lands don't untap. So that's cool. <laughs> you don't need that. You know, and then just and then if there if there's actually a creature thing happening, because that happens from time to time, you play if you have the money, you play a real tabernacle, right? But Magus of the Tabernacle is about two bucks. And all play, it basically comes in, says all creatures at the beginning of upkeep, they have to pay one or you sacrifice the creature. Right. It's amazing against token builds. And uh, you are a monster. Yeah. You are a monster. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I also play Vile Consumption. It's a, it's a, it's a three drop, right? Uh, blue, black, and a one. All creatures have at the beginning of upkeep, sacrifice a creature or you pay a life. Like, who, who can oh say no to God. that? Um, so, I mean, this whole deck. Is again, I mean, I love making friends and neighbors. I love having a drink with my buddies. <laughs> but it's 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 really intended for that one guy at the play group that you're just like, man, if if we need to readjust some attitudes around here, this deck is uh <laughs> the adjuster for sure. But yeah, it's it is. it's hilarious. And I'm telling you this, when I built this deck, 
a lot of these cards didn't have a bunch of value, but then like what I'm looking at, I have in there like, uh, let's see, like back to basics is like 50 bucks now or something. Yeah. And then I have another one in there. That's like, uh, brings all enchantments back, uh, whatever. Replenish. Replenish. Yeah. I bought that one at like 10, 20 or something. And now it's right. 70 bucks. So what the hell? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's because they're reserved list. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and I wanted one even Helix the- Pinnacle. Helix Pinnacle is now a $25 card. Are you kidding me? Jeez. No, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? There you go. If you want to have a little fun. Yeah, this is not a budget build. However, I do want to bring to my, uh, I want to bring up one card that I did see in here, which is one of my favorite cards from when I was a kid, but now would make me just break out into hives. Uh, Reality Twist from Ice Age, <laughs> which is a three blue enchantment that instead of their normal mana, planes produce red, swamps produce... Um, Green mountains produce white and forests produce um, black. You're playing that so card. Everybody but yes. Everybody but blue gets just Posed. sent up the creek with this card. It's so. Oh, oh my god! It's so absurd. It's so annoying. This card. Yeah. And I even messed around with Arena of Legends or whatever, which is the one where legendary creatures just never untap or. <laughs> Oh, God. Or whatever. I mean, I, I messed around with some of those, but I, I kind of oh. pulled it back a little bit because. <laughs> oh, did you? My mistake. But I'm, I'm adding and subtracting as 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 needed. But yeah, there's a lot of things to say no. My mistake about Helix Pinnacle, by the way, it's a mere thirteen dollar card. Ah, well, still, yeah. you surprised the heck out of me. I was thinking that thing was like wow. about three cents, but. <laughs> but anyway, that's a little flavor. And yes. I think you have a deck list of this available to the people that are looking <laughs> at the at the podcast. Yeah, so that if you hate your friends no, and don't want to no play. Wrong attitude, Shiv. This is a deck to allow people to come together in a unified force <laughs> to want nothing more than to kill the one person playing miscellaneous misery after they figure out what the deck does. So if you're gonna play this deck, the best way to do it, you have to play it just like poker. You put a Tog a Tog out. You don't say anything about what the deck is. You hold back. You look like you're one of those mid-range EDH decks. And unless you have Helix Pinnacle in hand, play it immediately, right? No problem. No one's going to think anything of it. But you have to wait to get enough mana available so you can start destroying people's ability to do anything. Having no untap phase doesn't phase you at all because guess what? Here comes a Ghostly Prison. Here comes all this other stuff. Here comes no draw steps. Here comes all these things that make all of your creatures crap. You know, like that's that's what I like. And uh, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> you have to play this thing like you sip a fine wine. You gotta be just just right because even if you lose, and chances are, let's get yes. real, Phil, you're losing if you play this deck. Okay, <laughs> but do you really lose when your heart is bleeding out laughter? And your guts are filled with happiness and joy as you see your friends' faces <laughs> melt and their board strategies go to garbage. And now, if you ever get, I got, I swear, you want to see a time when a, a smile cannot find my face <laughs> more? To Fairy's Puzzle Box with Omen Machine on there, and no one has anything after you just wipe the board with a damnation or some other kind of thing. Oh, oh, let me just sit here and enjoy. Mm-mm-mm. You know, you know, Bo, <laughs> you're talking to a man whose second favorite deck is Group Hug with Kaineas and Tiro. Well, and uh, but my first favorite is Itali right now. Yeah, I'm more of a Zer oh. guy. If I had to say, like, any this kind of just, person, 
you know, <laughs> like I would mess around with making a pox deck specifically for EDH where everything was essentially yeah, pox. Yeah. But yeah, this, you know, this is a good start. Dip your dip your toes into the deep end of darkness. And I think that'd be good for you. <laughs> this deck is giving me tumors. Uh, well, listeners, if you want to see the deck that's giving Shivam tumors, <laughs> then go up to <laughs> techstats.net slash commander and MTG and then click on the guest decks folder and Bose should be right on top. And it's Bose Misc Misery. And <sighs> just prepare yourself because it's not an easy read. No, this deck sucks. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so it was good. way better with the Prophet Accrue fix <laughs> until you guys told me it wasn't legal anymore. <laughs> yeah dude seriously if i look at when you look at this deck and think about it with profit accrue fix you're like not only do we need to br- ban profit accrue fix we need to ban like you t- <laughs> yeah well that's fine don't worry i'm sure i'll say something at some point it's <laughs> <laughs> so good both thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wonderful deck boxes with our listeners and sharing this miserable deck <laughs> because it's an amazing deck yeah, it is it sounds like you know it's amazing. What? we we don't have enough real just troll decks around so it's it's good to just like right. broaden our our spectrum a little bit now when is the next right. time you'll be at a gp or something of that sort you know i'm still playing around with that one but uh you know i i usually you can follow me on uh twitter or whatever and i usually post on there pretty regularly if i'm gonna go um, but you know, the majority of my time is spent being a dad. So you know how that goes. Uh, yep. Yeah. We do know how that goes. Ah, uh, well, no one can fault you for that. So thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome to come back. And, uh, I thought maybe this would just be focused on deck boxes, but all you're touching on the double sleeves, all of that, that's something that we want to talk about in kind of a series of shows about protecting your deck. So you're welcome to come back on when we uh, when we do double sleeving as the focus. I'd love to, because, man, I'll tell you, right? It's like the first line of defense yes. to protecting your stuff. I, You know, like, I don't understand why people don't do it. And it's the same kind of people that take their decks and throw it in their back pockets and that kind of right. thing. I'm like, ah. Might as well be using ugh. a rubber band to keep them together. Oh, just dry heave central, just thinking about a rubber band on some cards. But, oh, my gosh. And we all anyway. did it. all right listeners you've uh you've stayed with us thank you so much for staying with us and this is wonderful that you have uh we've really enjoyed this show and we hope you have too so let us know uh put it in the comments and we'll be happy to talk to you there and by all means reach out to Bo because Bo loves to talk to people especially as you heard he has this love of wood that he strangely shares with Shiva. <laughs> well, let's quantify this very quickly. I like to discuss wood deck boxes and wood objects. Thank you. <laughs> wooden, wooden accessories. And, and Bo, how can people get hold of you again? I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but you also have a YouTube channel. You haven't mentioned that specifically. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I have a YouTube channel, uh, crossbowgaming.com. You can go there. It's uh, it's all game-focused guides, how-tos, how to break games. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got like 145,000 subs, and I've done about 36 million views, like, overall. So a couple of people. Like that. So a couple people, yeah. But, again, you know, I wanted to kind of focus on the fact that we're talking about 
you know, Magic the Gathering stuff. Otherwise, the great place to get me is on Twitter at Crossbow Gaming is my my tag. Uh, so hopefully that will be useful for you. And just reach out. And if you have questions, let me know. And I'll generally respond to most people. Uh, unless you're really discussing non-wood wood, then I'm going to have to kind of throw down the no on that one. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I'd love to hear from you. So, again, thanks so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. And, you know, I'd sure enjoy I swear, anything I do with helping protect people's decks and get people to that level where you're investing in cards. I swear, I'm an accountant, okay? So when I'm looking at magic cards and all that, they are non-registered assets to the IRS. <laughs> you want to take care of those things because – as I was mentioning earlier, if you happen to have come into contact with a Black Lotus and sold it, no one knows because guess what? It's a ten cent uncommon by the uh, insurance standards. Fair. So, uh, just saying. Wow! <laughs> Look at you doling out the advice. Maybe we'll have a uh, special uh, finance uh, <laughs> tax episode. Get yeah, well, me and Rudy have to go back and forth on each other all dang day. So if you want to shovel that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd rather talk about deck boxes. Yeah, well. Deck boxes seems a bit better than that. <laughs> well, special thanks while we're talking about finances. Special thanks to all of our patrons because we couldn't do the show without their support. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to Tech Wiz's Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. Commander and MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Special thanks go to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast, for the guitar version of our theme song. Bo, once again, thank you for spending time with us. This has been an awesome show. Would you do us the honor of taking us out? Well, Commanderin, not always accurate, but always entertaining. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> Explosives are really strong right now, Shiva. Oh, sorry. I'm getting excited and too close to my microphone. Uh, yeah, you sounded hot too, but we'll just live with it. Yeah, I think I definitely blew out on that last segment. Uh, okay, sorry about that. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm so well, excited. I'm like super into wood. Well, sorry, Phil. You're having two fellas here having a little bit of time enjoying some wood, wood banter.